Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Well, good afternoon. This is Linda in Buffalo, and welcome, Beth Wyman, um, our our great nutritionist guru that we um, have the privilege to to meeting with on Wednesdays. I want to welcome you, and it's great to hear your voice. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, It has been, is it only Wednesday? This week feels very long already. I feel like I've done a lot. Um, I know. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, it's it's only Wednesday. Um, Yeah, it's been, like I was saying right before we got on, I'm working on some, some business changes to offer more like meal planning service things and like it basically it's going to help me give better recommendations in terms of like actual foods to eat um Mm -hmm. but it's been a lot to like to learn and absorb and digest if you will right (laughs) um (laughs) but it's it's been really fun and i'm excited about it so sounds exciting yeah well it sounds like something that you know i myself can really put put to use um you know we've been since i retired we've been obviously eating at home a lot more and um you know we're you know and and it's it, and it's fun but it's like i'm a great for planning a meal for a party but there's that every night meal <laughs> sometimes yeah sometimes it's hit or miss and it's right it's like I guess my goal with it is so that we can avoid the, well, what's for dinner question, right? Like, oh, no, yes. you already know, and you've got everything in the house for it, and you know that it's going to keep you, you know, on target to hit whatever goals somebody's working on. Um, so it's cool, but I'm just learning more about the platform so that I um, can use it best, too. Like, there's a lot of functionality in there that I don't um, really know fully how to use yet so mm-hmm. but it looks cool yeah so that's coming that's probably coming like the first week of february i guess is my oh my guess of course. yeah 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 so not mm-hmm. super long but long enough to let me kind of get <laughs> get accustomed to it before i roll it out oh certainly yeah that makes yeah. that makes sense so good 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 So today I wanted to talk about um, kind of going back to the mindful eating topic, um, how it, how, what's the best way to put it, but the the link, the gut-brain connection, right, or brain-gut as some people like to say, but that link between the different systems in our body and how your mindfulness and your stress level actually change your ability to digest food. Um, I fell down this rabbit hole of research one night um, after starting to look into it for somebody. And it's fascinating what has come out. Um, This has been a theory for quite some time. And I was actually 
talking to Mary about it, and there is a book that was written about it back in the 50s. Hmm. But it just either, like, you know, it didn't really either catch on or it was, right, more of a theory still then versus having all of the research to back it up like we do now. Um, But I feel like it's starting to get a good amount of press, essentially, and therefore research backing in probably, like, the last, like, five to seven years. Um, It's still still one of those things where it's, like, it's not as cool as, like, a fad diet, so you might not hear as much. (laughs) But I feel like we have started to hear about, like, that gut-brain connection in the like online space and on social media and things like that. So it's I feel like it's coming, right? We've heard some and it's just whether or not it has staying power and traction to stay in the, like the popular narrative. Um, Cause I really think, I think I did talk about this one day. I feel like the online space and social media has such potential for helping to educate um, the general public, like everybody, right? Because you have such mm-hmm. a majority of people that actually are using it that the yeah, so far we, the potential, yeah. But but then you have anybody can put something out on there, and we don't know whether or not it's it's accurate or factually yeah. based. Or, yeah, yeah, that becomes the problem, right? Of making sure that it is a reliable source and how to determine if it's a reliable source. Uh, But there's just, there's so much potential, which is why I've started getting more into it because, you know, I can provide that like factually based scientific backed information um, and Mm -hmm. professional opinion, I guess too. Right. Um, So anyway, back to, the gut brain connection um, and what we're seeing with that. And we're seeing that there is a relationship between stress and the ability to digest and absorb food. And so the way that this shows up is if you're really stressed out, it's like you might have more gas and bloating. Um, so that that would be a symptom that tells us that you're not tolerating some of the food that you're eating. And then you also are then not absorbing as much of it, so you're not getting all of those nutrients that you think you're eating. So there's this mm-hmm. strange sort of dichotomy between stress and um, the actual action of digesting and absorbing your food. Um, there's also ties to, like, um, the ability to lose weight and all that stuff, but this is mainly focused on how how your actual like your actual intestines are interacting with the food changes based on your stress, which I've definitely seen. I know, like when I'm stressed out. Um, so you'd think I would have researched this years ago when this started with me, but no. Um, I just took it for what it was and was like, okay, so I know when I'm stressed, I can't eat this stuff. Um, but basically, so when I'm really stressed out, so think like it's high stress, like 2020, I'm trying to work from home with two young children um, <laughs> and then get laid off, like very high stress. Yes. Um, I could not eat. I could not eat. Let's see. Love like anything. Bananas dairy, which usually I'm lactose intolerant anyway, but I can tolerate a good amount of it. But mm-hmm. bananas, dairy products, um, I couldn't do avocados, I couldn't do any type of berries, I couldn't do peaches, I couldn't do cherries, I couldn't, like, all kinds of weird stuff that I had never had an issue with before, besides the lactose intolerance thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was even, like, yogurt, which I usually eat all the time and was always fine, Suddenly, it was not okay. Um, and you would think that this would have led to this research back in 2020 just for me to look these things up. But you I just were too stressed to do it, it at the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was too 
<laughs> so I just, um, but then as my stress level started to come back down, I noticed that I could tolerate those foods more. Um, and there's definitely still some underlying stress because I still like am double o- doubled over in pain if I try to eat raspberries. Um, wow. Oh, eggs. Eggs. That was the other thing that I could not eat for a while were eggs. Um, yeah, yeah. I still am doubled over in pain if I try to eat raspberries or blackberries. Um, and I know that if my stress level goes up, like I, I can't have a banana. Um, it's very interesting to watch it firsthand, right, and use myself as an experiment. Um, hmm. But then the more that I work on, you know, not necessarily, you can't remove all stressors from your life. Like that's not realistic to be able to do that. But what you can change is how you handle them. Like some things you can remove. Um, other things you can set better boundaries around so that you're not as stressed out about it. And then you can also change your reaction to it. And like, so those things that you genuinely cannot ever change, you can say, all right, this is what it is, but I don't need to get upset by it because I know whatever I do isn't going to change the situation. So like, I mean, that's kind of extreme, but there's definitely things like that. Mm-hmm. It's not, right. You can't change it. You're not in control of everything, which is too bad sometimes, right? <laughs> It'd be lovely if we could just fix everything. And that's something I've certainly yeah. learned with time is to, like, I cannot fix everything. I need to recognize what I'm in control of and what I can change. And what really, really, like, isn't isn't my problem for like lack of better terms like it's not worth right like I can see I I see the potential in things right I see the potential in like all kinds of different opportunities but then that doesn't necessarily mean that it's it sounds so harsh to say like worth the time and energy but like no it's yeah, it doesn't mean it's worth the time and energy um, because it doesn't mean that the other people involved, because there's always other humans involved, it doesn't mean that they're into it and want to change anything. They might be very happy with the way that it is. And then, oh, okay. And you like, can't control everything. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you're going to have, your body is going to do better in terms of digesting food and absorbing it and taking care of itself the more that we can recognize like those stressors and how we're choosing to interact with them. Um, so this works really well for people with like a lot of the research I was reading was around people with like IBS. So irritable bowel syndrome or IBD mm-hmm. irritable bowel disease. So that's like Crohn's and colitis um, where their flare ups are very much tied to the amount of stress that their body is under. Um, and how much their body can handle at that point in time. Um, so for these people that have really been in tune with like their, um, their IBD for, you know, however many of years, this research is probably just really affirming to them of, Oh, I'm not crazy. It is, it is related to my stress. And I can see, I can see that like, um, so some sure there's some people that find it just reassuring to know that it is, it is and is it's not, not all, in their, all head. in their mind. Like, it, yeah, they're, they're, it is, really in fact, in all in their mind and their stress level. <laughs> but, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But it's they're not, not, they're not crazy. Them. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with, with figuring out how to reduce that stress, and there's all different ways, right, my lens is always the food and the eating component. Um, and so how do you get your body to relax a little bit before you eat, right? Cause you can kind of look at it situationally and figure out how to get yourself to relax right before a meal so that you tolerate the food better. Um, and I find that that actually works really well for people that have, um, like food, like food avoidances and things too. Ah, oh, what does it stand for? There's an, like, uh, Arts. 
Nope, because that's going to come up as respiratory distress. Um, but if if somebody's restricting food, right, um, based on their anxiety or um, or anxiety around eating in general or anxiety around certain, like, food combinations or certain textures and things, to be able to drop into what's called, like, a rest and digest state um, where you're calmer as you approach it actually helps um, improve digestion. So you're reducing the anxiety, reducing the stress, and you are better able to actually, one, eat if it's an anxiety component, and two, absorb and digest the food. Um, So I've had people that do like breathing exercises before they eat um, to help get into that the parasympathetic state, the rest and digest, or they'll do like certain like vagal nerve massage techniques, um, which is really cool. Like your vagus nerve runs through a lot of different parts of your body. And so you can do like ear massage techniques and you'll hit points in on that nerve that will also affect um, the parts of your nerve that go to, of that specific nerve that also go to your gut. So Um, things like that can be really helpful too. And then not rushing when we eat, which is hard. Like (laughs) that's something I'm very bad at. Um, I am, I always catch my, you know, I I know these things, but I always catch myself eating at the counter um, Uh, rather than going and sitting down to eat. Not so much at dinner because I sit and eat with my kids, but especially for like breakfast and lunch, like, I'll eat breakfast standing at the counter while I'm packing lunches. And then if I'm home and I'm just running downstairs to the kitchen to get lunch, I'll, like, put something together and then just stand at the counter. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I, I put a stool right there. <laughs> well, that, so that yeah. I can just, I can at least just sit on the stool. So I'm like, okay, like, I've sat down. But he, it triggers your mind that like okay this is a time where I can relax like I'm not focused on standing I'm sitting I'm doing something that's a little bit more relaxing let me change um, what part of the nervous system I'm using most and that will help you to digest and absorb the food right being in that parasympathetic or rest and digest state is when we as humans um, can digest and absorb the best so yeah, taking our time, actually sitting down. Um, theoretically, you would take 20 minutes to eat every meal. Um, it's a really interesting exercise to time yourself, just very non-judgmentally, to time <clears throat> time yourself and see how long you actually take to eat. Um, <clears throat> usually breakfast and lunch are really quick. And then dinner, especially if we're eating with other people, dinner is sometimes longer. Um, but this is part of the reason that like family meals can be so beneficial, right? Because if we're taking the time to sit down as a family and talk to each other, it also helps us be more mindful about what we're eating and, and allow ourselves the time to actually get full, right? And take those 20 minutes to sit down and eat, um, you don't have to be eating continuously for the 20 minutes. You can, and it's probably better not. Like you take a couple bites, <laughs> talk a little bit, take a couple bites, right. talk a little bit. Um, but it's just, there's, there's so many benefits to sitting down for family meals. Um, right. From a, from a food and digestion standpoint, there's like, um, there's also from the standpoint of then the kids seeing healthy behavior modeling in terms of what you've put on your plate how you're eating it, um, what you're doing while you're eating, like are you on your phone versus are you actually engaged in the conversation. And then, of course, like the dynamic of actually getting to talk to them and learn about their lives and, or anybody, whoever you're sitting with. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and build that relationship. And there's even so. a relaxing component of just setting the table. And, you know, preparing, you know, 
you know, having that as a, um, you know, like a prelude to, you know, you, you cook the dinner, um, you know, just getting, you know, getting that preparation can be relaxing and then sitting down, um, you know, um, I I have an aunt who's an un, you know she never married, but she always says it's so important to cook dinner and to sit down and eat. And sometimes you real you you think oh you know it's just oh it's just me, you know I'm you know not going to bother. But you know she had told me one time that it's it's important just to have, you know, sit down, you know, set, set, the, set the table from this one place setting and sit down and eat. I thought that was, that was neat. Yeah. And it's, again, that component of, of the ritual or routine is helping to tell your body like, Hey, time to prepare for eating. I don't think mm-hmm. that we really take time to realize or appreciate all of the things that our body does that we're completely unaware of like you don't have to consciously think about you know we usually think you don't have to think about breathing you don't have to think about your heart beating but you also don't have to think about how the food is traveling through your intestines or how it is absorbing through that barrier Um, these are all things that just happen or how your body prepares for what's coming up and that's part of the reason that we as humans like routine is because it helps our body and our mind prepare for what's next. Um, you know, too much. And I feel like we get bored. There's that, that need for some excitement, but especially for things like eating, um, it's so good to have a routine. Our body likes to eat around the same time every day so it can prepare and know that it can safely get hungry again. Um, it likes to have a little bit of time before and get ready to eat. So, you know, setting the table and having that ritual can absolutely be that great reminder. It's interesting you say about the, um, you know, just the way you do that. This um, Thursday we spent with Ron at um, hospital a clinic because he's having trouble um, swallowing and part of it can be from the stroke. Um, But they found out a number of things. Um, They did, they x-rayed him as he was swallowing, as he was eating different things. And there's a flap in your, um, your throat that should close so that food goes down your um, your the, the right instead of going into the esophagus, his flap does not work. So um, when he eats um, or even drinks um, a lot of it into in his esophagus or into his lungs, which is quite dangerous. So he um, will be taking actually um, therapy on it. But he has yeah. to really watch how um, <clears throat> how he swallows. It's it was quite quite interesting. They showed us you know the X rays as it's the moving and explained how you know there's three different things wrong. Um, but again, it's amazing how the body works and the things that you know that we were shown. Um, but it's. You know, it's just, and again, it's for him now. He has to be really conscious of um, how he swallows. Um, yeah, and they'll so, teach him different techniques mm-hmm. um, about how to basically how to swallow, right? Yes. Um, yep. Which is that is fascinating to me. In the hospital, we always worked very closely with. Um, the speech therapist, what, you know, when it came to like stroke patients or people that had like neuromuscular diseases, uh, degenerative diseases, things like MS, where progressively they were going to have more and more trouble swallowing. 
Um, yeah, there's all kinds of techniques that you can use to to help swallow correctly. Sometimes you need like um, different, either different texture foods, right? So like softer things, or sometimes the thickness matters too. Um, so it was always, I always found that to be really interesting how much we can work on like like how we're doing something physically, how we're doing it can improve the situation. We have control over a lot more than we think. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah. That, so that that was quite quite interesting. Um, but, yeah, but, you know, and a lot of times I have found if I think I'm hungry when I've already eaten, it's really I'm just thirsty. And so, sure. yeah. Um, you know, getting that glass of water um, right now, he just brought me some orange juice. Um, and, you know, just, you know, because I've I've eaten, so I don't want to eat anymore. Um, but I think I was just thirsty, so that. It's, yeah, those two signals have a tendency to get confused, which is, Unfortunate because they're so they're so different. Um, it's such a different need, but a lot of times, um, and this is why I like like scheduled eating, right? Especially for somebody who's newer to like mindful or intuitive eating. If you eat on a schedule and you're eating like every three to four hours, you'll be able to look at the clock and say, "Well, I just ate an hour ago." Like. Physiologically, I should not be hungry again. Right. So it's, yeah, but yeah, the fact that the, the hunger and the the thirst, another one that gets crossed a lot is um, feeling tired and being thirsty. So you'll end up with somebody that runs for a cup of coffee that's going to just further dehydrate them. Um, instead of getting some water that's going to hydrate them and make them feel more awake. So that's another tricky one of like, okay, are you, are you tired, actually tired, or are you just thirsty? Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's too bad. It's, it's about learning to listen to your body and see what it actually needs, right? Um, and I know that there's charts and things you can find about, like, oh, well, what do your different cravings mean? And it's, like, salty things versus sweet things and all of this. But a lot of times it's, like, your body's craving food, especially if it's somebody that's over-restricting, which is what tends to happen if somebody is trying to like lose weight is they tend to over restrict and go too far and too low. And then they have all these cravings all of a sudden. It's like, well, yeah, your body's just looking for like calorie dense food. It has nothing to do with the fact that you're craving ice cream. It has to do with the fact that ice cream is very high fat, high fine carbs. So your body can like immediately use that energy and get in a lot per bite. Um, so it's not like a mineral deficiency. It's it's a calorie deficiency. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know I tend towards more crackers than cookies. I, I tend to like the salty more than the sweet. Um, but, um, I, I do have to. Be careful with that because I can get away get 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 too many um, too many crackers in a sitting. It's yeah, knowing and that's where like um behave, like a lot of behavior change right with what I do um and that's where it comes into like okay can you portion it out um into a separate container instead of eating from like the box, right? So you end up mm-hmm, knowing, definitely. yeah, um, how much is actually going in. 
And that's why I mm-hmm. like food logging too, because if you if you do a food log, right, and a lot of people don't like it, and eventually you don't have to always do it, but it shows you such a good picture of like, okay, what is going in? And suddenly you realize like, wow, I, you know, I'm eating way too much of this and not enough of something else, and it helps with that adjustment piece. Um, but also like, yeah, just bringing awareness. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and uh, what yeah, is snacking me? <laughs> absolutely. Okay. And so it's, it lets you adjust and change what you choose as a, um, what you choose as a snack. You can adjust it so that you hit where you actually need to be. Um, and it's interesting. What I usually see is that people don't eat quite enough protein Um, and that's one of those things that when you do have enough you feel fuller for longer same thing with fiber Um, you feel fuller for longer and your cravings start to go away it starts to help with some mood balance and it also helps to alleviate a lot of those cravings too that um, you know people look for like this hidden meaning in their cravings and usually it's not it's not as deep as they think it is. <laughs> Strawberries, because I've been um, liking my Cheerios um, for breakfast, and so I've, I bought um, strawberries to cut up on them. Um, and, and so, you know, but I ended up eating the whole container of strawberries throughout the day, and I, that all in one sitting, <laughs> but yeah, um, where it's like, oh well, <laughs> portioning it out and making sure that you save some for later, um, and that's always an interesting concept. That right, like you can save it for later; it's still going to be there. Um, and did we talk about this? I can, well, I went on, so I was on the podcast on Monday too on Hometown Heroes with Mary for a little bit, and now I can't remember if I talked about it on this show or last week or if I talked about this on Monday where we were talking about like food security and how if if you're used to having to like eat it all because you don't know when you're going to see it again it becomes sort of this mind game where you have to retrain yourself that no I can put it in the fridge and it's going to be there later um, right yeah they had them on sale, buy one, get one free. And so we had two containers, and the others rotted before I even got to them, the second container. So that's why and these I did leave out on the counter, and every time I wanted a snack, I, and the strawberries were just huge. And um, so I would just, you know, take a strawberry and eat it um, instead of anything else. But so it wasn't... Um, I, I just didn't want them to go to waste since the week before. I had to throw out a whole container um, of strawberries. So That's hard, yeah. <laughs> so what I do with any of berries is I'll do it right in their container, right, because usually they come in those, like, clear plastic containers that have holes in them. Yeah. So you can just rinse them right in the container. Um, I will rinse them in, like, a very, very diluted vinegar. So it's like Hmm. I fill the sink with water, put in a splash of vinegar, and it helps to basically kill anything that's starting to grow that you can't even see yet and gives you more time with your berries. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Right, because rinsing is going to take off the dirt, but it's not like rinsing them isn't necessarily going to kill anything that's already started growing that you can't see yet. Um, And rinsing will take a little bit of that off, but not oh it's like that stuff is it sounds so gross like stuff's a little bit stickier like you either have to rub it which isn't going to work well with a berry or (laughs) kill it right yeah so like a splash of vinegar in the sink which for anybody who's like an actual scientist is probably like twitching because that's not a real measurement (laughs) (laughs) um I, I don't know what the ratio is. It's a splash. And I just dunk the berries in there for a little bit. And I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. It's like, well, I unpack the rest of the groceries and then 
pull them out, put them in a container, let them kind of drip dry for a little bit on a towel or something before I put them in because I've made mm-hmm. that mistake before where I just put them back in the container and immediately put them in the fridge and then suddenly there's like a puddle of water underneath them as they kind of yeah. dripped a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, but then it helps reduce food waste. Um, True. Because even if you compost, right, and are eventually turning that back into soil, like that's still it's still like food you thought you were going to be able to eat that week that now you can't because it didn't yeah. make it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's reducing food waste, giving you more time with that with that food, so there's more time to eat it, and you don't feel pressured to finish it quickly. Um, actually what I did with strawberries the other day, cause they were starting to turn a little bit and get like soft. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I made chocolate covered strawberries oh. <laughs> and that's what we had. We don't, we do not often have dessert, um, but yeah, we yeah. had dessert that night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, so, that's fun. <laughs> they, the kids love that. They mm-hmm. like to have chocolate covered strawberries. Hmm. That's, that's good. Oh yeah. I'm just looking at what else? Because this is born out of all that the rabbit hole research. I was doing it for a presentation. And so I'm just looking through it. What else? Oh, this is another huge piece. Actually, I can't believe I skipped this part. Um, with that stress component, it's such an important piece to simplify your eating, right? There's so much noise out there about what, the, what you should be eating, what you shouldn't be eating, what's going to help you, whatever, like, lose weight or what's going to help you suddenly have your blood sugar under control or like, you know, like those magic foods to eat or magic (laughs) foods to never eat. Um, And it's, it's really about bringing it back to basics and keeping it simple so that it's very, very doable. Um, And this is my whole goal with the meal planning journal I made is to make it, bring it way back to basics, make sure you're getting in everything you need And it doesn't need to be fancy, right? It's just, do you get what you need? And sometimes you have to boil it down even farther and just have like a framework of, okay, I know I need to have some kind of protein and some sort of like fruit or vegetable and some kind of starch. And, but then taking that and planning out your meals for the week. And I mean the next seven days. So it's, I don't, it doesn't matter if you're doing it on a Wednesday, like you're not planning just until Friday, you're planning until the next Wednesday, right? Because every, I work with people who have rotating weekend schedules and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, you have to get rid of the idea that you're going to meal prep on Sunday because your Sunday is my Wednesday. Like it's not, um, it's not all built the same. Right. Right. So. Right. So pre-setting yourself up for success is essentially what meal planning is. And like I said at the beginning, getting rid of that, like, what's for dinner question, um, you already know. And what I usually do is put it on the fridge so that everybody knows what's for dinner, right? Well, like, my four-year-old can't read yet, but my eight-year-old can read. And then, like, Mm -hmm. if my parents are here... They know what to expect as well, um, and it just it also helps reduce the mental load, especially for like either it's usually women, but either like the mom or the primary parent. It it helps reduce that load of people coming and asking you the same question over and over again about what's happening in the house, <laughs> right? Like you're not going to get everybody asking you, oh hey, what's for dinner? You can point at the fridge. <laughs> and eventually, after a couple times, they're going to learn to just go look at the fridge instead of ask you. Um, so behavior modification practices on, on your family members. <laughs> um, but it's just, 
is so helpful to have that plan, have it written down. Some people take it to the next step and batch cook, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And cook every, you know, maybe not everything, but like maybe like all their breakfast or something at the beginning of the week. And I, I am not that person, but there's a lot of people that do that. I enjoy cooking. So I know I, I personally want to cook at least three times a week. Like it's something that I really like to do. Um, so I guess I do what my mother calls planned overs instead of leftovers. Like I'll cook, I'll cook like a double batch of something. Like last night I made meatballs and like I made extra so that we can eat them again later. Right. And, and have them with something different. Like we did meatball subs last night and then maybe we do like spaghetti and meatballs a, a different day this week. So planning ahead but as I'm making the meal. So it's not like a batch cook on Sunday situation. It's just like a make extra while you are cooking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, it's that like, it's that planning ahead so that you don't have to think about it. Like I'm, well, I don't really drive home from work because a lot of times I work from home, but like <laughs> for the sake of the, for the sake of like the, um, the, the mental picture, right? Like I'm never going to be, finishing up my day or driving home from work going, oh, geez, what are we eating? Do I have everything in the house for it? Like, no, I already took care of that. I took care of that when I planned out my meals on Friday and went shopping on Saturday. I know that everything's already there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that helps to release the stress and get rid of some of that stress because you've already taken care of your future self, more or less. Um, True. That's actually, so that's one of those like things that I use that a lot of times, a lot of times it can be hard to do something for ourselves because it can feel really selfish, um, which is a whole, I guess a whole nother social construct conversation, but it is what it is. Um, and so what can help with that is if you think about doing it for your future self, right? And seeing the future version of yourself almost as like a different person and you could say all right like I don't I don't want to do this right now and this is like but future Beth is going to be real happy about it like for me like I hate doing dishes at the end of the night like I just all I want to do is go to bed but I know future Beth I know Beth in the morning is going to love coming downstairs (laughs) to a clean sink so like I can do it for her I cannot (laughs) do it for myself in the moment at all because I have zero motivation I mean, it's a task that takes me what, like, like I think last night it took me like 15 minutes. Like it was really simple and easy. There wasn't that much to do. Um, but I still, I cannot get myself to do it for my current self and recognize that it's just part of the routine. I have to like trick <laughs> myself into it by saying that like future Beth is going to want to come down to a clean sink. Um <laughs> But it, it makes a difference, you know, if it works. It does. It, does. it works. Yeah. Nobody gets hurt. Everybody wins because then all the dishes <laughs> are done and the sink's clean. Um, and then it's, oh, and then it's nice because then I can just come down and, like, make lunches in the morning and not worry about it. I just, I keep thinking I'm going to get into making lunches the night before, but I just, I don't know. No, I know it's well. Of course, you know I haven't had to, not having any kids now have to you know make make lunches or anything like that. But um, but I know what you mean about you know just when you wait until the next day of something that with me it's laundry. I I uh, my laundry is in the basement and sometimes it's just. I mean, it's not hard to get down there. It's not, I mean, there's no, you know, it's not like I have to go outside to get, it's, but it's one of those things that, you know, I, oh, I promise I'll do it tomorrow. I promise myself I'll do it tomorrow. And then the next day comes and we're off doing something else or something. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, that laundry bag is um, taking up room where it shouldn't. Um, So. But yeah, you know, just <clears throat> you'll be 
happy when when it's done and so and knowing that it has to get done i'm talking to myself so <laughs> absolutely so. no that's what i find a lot of times like doing the podcast i'm saying things and i'm like oh yep no i am just talking to myself but <laughs> it it's you know and i true. need to hear it somebody else probably needs to hear it too so mm-hmm. i yeah i'm here to talk to myself and i know at least, at least we want two other people that need to hear it too. Obviously, more than that, we more listeners than that. Um, uh, it's yeah. funny because so, I'm a list. I, I make lists, and so if somebody looks at my list, it looks so so silly because some things are just so basic. You know, you know, laundry, um, white clothes. Um, you know, you know, sweep the floor. I mean, right now because it's just been so much snow and now it's turned to rain. Um, anyone that comes in my back door, um, I, I look out and we have bamboo flooring and it's like, it's all footprints. And, you know, it's like so I'm constantly mopping up and mopping up the um, the kitchen floor because it's just, it looks terrible. It's just all wet footprints. Um, even when they dry, they look, you know, you have these horrible footprints. But, you know, so I'm always making these silly lists, but it, it helps me. Um, so, except if anyone's looking at my list, it's like, well, isn't that kind of basic? But, yes, but when you check something off, <laughs> it, it helps. Yeah, it gives that sense of accomplishment. So, it's, no, you don't, you're, you know, this is comes down to like releasing some of that expectation, right? Like for you, it's the to-do list for somebody else. It might be like how complex their meals are. Like go with what you got. Like if you need to have those things, you need those reminders to do those things. You need to see it on the list mm-hmm. so that it gets done. And then you get a little bit of a dopamine rush for, from crossing it off. <laughs> Anybody does with a to-do list. It's just going to make everybody's life better. Like your floors are clean. You're happy. Like, that sounds great. Um, well, it just reminded me myself, too, that I was supposed to call yesterday visiting nurses um, to set up the therapy for Ron, and here it is. You know, half the day is over, and I was supposed to do it yesterday. And because it wasn't on my list, but when we left the hospital the other day, they said to call visiting nurses. Um, so I've, I've got to get that done. Um but, you know, and so that's why you sometimes even little basic things that you think, well, how would I ever forget to do that? Uh, I would. I did forget. Oh, so. 100%. Because there's things happening, right? It's If it's not built into your daily routine, like if you're not used to every day you get up and sweep, so your your cue to sweep is waking up, right? You You need to add in a cue and it's your list. It's like... I don't know, like anywhere that we have routine, like you're, you're, you're tired, it's time to go to bed. That's your cue to brush your teeth, right? Like, so that's why that's not on the list. You have a cue already. Um, and so working on, like, you're, you're, you're instituting a new either behavior or task or whatever, you need something that's going to cue you to actually do it and, mm-hmm. and remember it, which is how the list comes into play and why they're so useful. I found a really um, good idea that I have. If you're watching a show like a a show that comes on at 10 o'clock and you know you want to go to bed at 11, before your 10 o'clock show, go in, wash your face, do your, you know, brush your teeth, have all of that done because and take and then watch that show and then you can just go to bed because by then you're going to be sleepy and it's so easy just to say oh i'm not going to give myself you know my facial treatment that i really would enjoy because i'm just going to brush my teeth quick which isn't good um and then go to bed so i found that if i want to watch the show at 10 o'clock and go to bed by 11 or so um by doing it before, and then of course don't snack. I shouldn't be snacking that late at night, anyways. But having having those things done before 
because in the past I would just um, just do a perfunctory because by that time I'm so sleepy I just want to go to bed. Um, so that that has helped me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, and it's sort of like back chaining and planning out your day, or at least like your evening, so that everything gets done, and you're going to feel so much better because you got in all of those steps that you would have otherwise skipped. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Right, and just it's. I mean, some of it's like accountability to yourself and finding ways to fit in the things that you want to do, and then like especially when it comes to, like, a nighttime routine like that, it's really making sure that you're taking care of yourself and prioritizing yourself, which is really a lot of what we've talked about today. Is like it also falls into that bucket bucket of, like, how to prioritize yourself and your self-care and make sure that it all happens. Um, Mm -hmm. You can want to eat well, but if you don't have a plan in place to do it, then you're never going to get there. Right. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and it's it's simple things, but it's 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 like you know laundry or you know the dishes, the things that have to be done, and but if they're not done and eating correct, if it's not done, it can be disastrous. I mean, maybe not disastrous if you you know. But it could be disastrous if you run out of clothes because everything's, or you can't cook anything new because every pot and pan in the house is dirty. But you know, um, oh yeah. But it's 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 those little steps. It's those little steps of thinking about what you're going to eat and planning planning a dinner. Um, yeah, so that's that is important. I had bought. Um, Ron's not big on Mexican food. But he likes my tacos because or fajitas um, because I don't add the, um, the all the seasonings. We use different seasonings. Um, but I just realized that oh, I have to take the um, we bought ground beef that was on sale, but then we broke it into um, just certain you know different packets. Um, so you know just enough for the two of us for a meal. Um, but I have to take it out of the freezer. So by dinner time, I can make um, the um, the tacos. So yes, yep. And that planning, planning. by planning it, and then like I said, I usually suggest like putting it on the fridge or something where it's like right in your face, so that way you can see it in the morning and be like, oh right, let me grab that meat out of the freezer, and then you're you're ready to go. I also like. I defrost things in the microwave all the time. I'm, I know some people get heated about microwaves, but, like, it has saved me so many times when I've forgotten to take something out to defrost. Mm-hmm. And I just do it in, in there instead. Some people are very against them, but I... <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's a tool. It's a tool. Yeah. Exactly. It's, you know, you don't like it, you don't like it. That's fine. I'm going to use mine. Because <laughs> I have things that yeah. I need to get done. It's actually um, that's how my I might been making my son poached eggs in the microwave, um, mm. and he loves them. It's so simple too. It takes forty like forty seconds for an egg. I just I put it in a, like a little bowl. I crack it into a little bowl. Mm-hmm. Put a little splash of water on top. Oh, this show is also really showing my ability to measure anything. <laughs> it, it's an egg with a splash of water. And I don't know. It's probably like two tablespoons. And then I put it in there for 40 seconds. And it's it's like a soft poached egg um, where my, a little my bit. My dad like, always loved poached eggs. My mom would do it in a skillet on the water. I've yeah. never had it that way, but um, I... I just like scrambled eggs. It's the easiest for me, and it's um, you know when I when I do um, you know want eggs. That's but you know, I have to try that. Ron likes soft boiled eggs, so he might like their poached egg idea. Yeah, and it's like you can. The reason we started it was to make egg sandwiches because it makes it the right 
like size and shape to put on an English muffin. Um, oh. And he, he started just pulling them off the English muffin and eating the egg part. So then I just started just making the egg for him that way. And yeah, that, we do a lot of eggs in our house. Um, we usually keep hard boiled eggs for, for just like a snack around in the fridge. Not just like mm. around the house. Um, I, I love, you know, um, in fact, we were at the grocery store the other day, and they had pre-made this little container of pre-made um, egg salad, nine-something. Okay. It's like I can buy a dozen oh. eggs for maybe $2, and I have mayo. I, yeah. $9. I just, it's like, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, I don't You're think paying I'm for... The convenience. The yes. convenience, yes. But that's a Absolutely. big price for convenience. And I know that Ron it's, has bought it for me once before, but I, I'm i hoping, and I don't think he ever paid $9 for it, but it's <laughs> like, um, I hope not anyways. Um, yeah, you hope not, but who knows? <laughs> but for something, for something like that, I... I said that, it, but of course, then I didn't stop and buy more eggs, although we do have eggs, um, because that's, it's one of those things that I do like, you know, for a sandwich. Um, so, but it just, it just blew my mind, the price, the price of it. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it, the, once you get into pre-made food, right, you're, you're paying the pre-made price. More or less, right? You got right. that premium of uh, of the convenience factor, and that's it's. I mean, it's probably a better choice than like going out to eat um, or stopping for like a fast food choice. But it's you're gonna pay for it definitely. But you you're also paying the um, salary of who prepared it. It's so funny when I worked. In the at the law firm, people would say, you know, oh my goodness, he really he he makes you know four hundred dollars an hour. Well, his four hundred dollars <laughs> an hour also pays my salary. It pays the paralegal yeah. salary. It pays you know. It's not like he's pocketing, you know, four hundred dollars yeah. every You're hour. Like, no here, it's pocketing four hundred dollars <laughs> an hour. That's just not yeah, happening. Yeah. Because people would say, you know, like, how could how could he? And and of course, this is in Buffalo, in New York City, or the large cities. They make probably a thousand dollars an hour, but you know, it's well, not their like, overhead costs. Yeah, there's quite a bit. There's yeah, there's things that enter into it, and yeah, I'm not saying that they don't make you know a nice income, but you know, um, it it's 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 not. Oh, that black and white, but, you know, right now, oh, we have 90 seconds. But right now, when you realize fast food and everything, um, you're paying, you know, to have it prepared. So so if you can prepare it yourself, (laughs) it's always easier and better. Maybe not easier, but better. Yeah, you have to, you put in the time so you don't have to pay anybody for it because you're using exactly. your own time. So yes. with our last probably, what, I don't know, 45 seconds at this point, um, I always like to say, like, the best way to find me is on Instagram at bathwyman underscore RD or in the Optimize My Life Facebook page. Um, you can always reach me there. Um, and typically Mary puts in the show notes, like, the link to my website, so if you wanted to learn more about me, to my meal planner that I have out. If anybody is interested in that, um, she typically puts in there as well. And um, that's it. I love doing it. It was so fun. It was a great show. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Now I need just to make that phone call. Actually, I have to call his doctor's office because they had the other visiting nurses set up for his operation next week. Operation knee replaced. So, also very but, important. Get in lots of protein to heal. Okay. 
it's it's really helpful in recovery after surgery. No, definitely. Okay. Well, for those he two cents you can ask for. Like these protein shakes, and so I'll make some of those for him definitely. And um, but I love chicken is my favorite protein. <laughs> I, yeah. I love chicken. So um, that's great. You know, we'll, we'll definitely. You know, because we're going to be, well, we were stuck in, in the house all of last week, uh, well, until until Saturday. Um, and so we're going to be a little more housebound after, right after his surgery, too, for, for a couple of weeks. Oh, so. definitely. Yeah. yeah. All righty. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You have a wonderful afternoon. And we thank will be you. catching thank up you. with you on the other, the other calls and definitely next Wednesday. Awesome. Have a great afternoon. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.